Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And if you want to support the show, check out our merch store at etsy.com shop slash beyondblathers to see the stickers and postcards we have for sale. And tell your friends about us. So this week we are talking about the stag beetle. So... The game itself has seven types of stag beetles that you can catch, but because their ecology is pretty similar, I'm going to talk about them as a group today. A big difference between all of these different stag beetles is pretty much like mainly their appearance. They all like look cool in a different way. Also, some of the stag beetles in this game have sort of made up common names. Like I would Google their names and it seems like the creators maybe just found some like really neat looking species that didn't have common names necessarily. So they just sort of assigned names because when you Google it, it'll just come up with Animal Crossing stuff, which I get. It makes sense. A lot of the time these beetles are like fully Latin names and you don't really want that in your game. So for our Blathers quote today, I've got this quote for the Cyclomatus stag, which is one of the stag beetle genera that looks pretty typical for what we think of when we think of stag beetles. Oh, that's so interesting. I did not realize that there were so many, but there are a lot of like different beetles in the game, I feel like. I think it's kind of funny because in the game, they like have so much repetition. Like there's so many butterflies and which I feel like I understand the butterflies thing, but I'm kind of surprised there's so many beetles. Like, you could have gone with so many other cool bugs. I'm not sure why they have so many repeated beetles. Very true. Yeah, the butterflies are, like, really fun to catch. I guess the beetles are kind of shiny and interesting-looking trees and stuff. But, like, even some of the stags look pretty similar to one another. So, I don't really know. Maybe it's sort of... Maybe the idea behind it is to sort of make it so you see something on the tree and you're like, maybe I have that one before, maybe not, like to add a little bit of doubt into the game. Well, let's see what Blathers has to say about one of these stag beetles before we get into it today. So if you bring a cyclomatus stag to Blathers, he'll say, the cyclomatus stag is known for its giant jaws, which can be even larger than its body. Its round eyes and silver color make it a beloved beetle, though how one could love a beetle is beyond me. (laughs) Imagine being pinched by those long jaws and the pain it would cause. Ouch and ew. (laughs) (laughs) Had to add the ew in there. You had to do both. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. He says, like, imagine being pinched by those long jaws. The main thing I'll say, so just to describe what a stag beetle looks like, Both males and females have these like flat bodies and then these absolutely huge, well, in the males, huge mandibles, but the females have like kind of smaller mandibles, but they're still quite large for a beetle. Like if they were on any other beetle, you'd still be impressed. And actually the male mandibles don't really have much of a pinch because they're just like so clunky and awkward, they can't really deliver a good bite. It's just sort of like a little, I don't know, it's sort of like dull tweezers trying to pinch you. And even then it's not very strong. <laughs> Whereas the female, apparently it can hurt a bit more because she's got more like robust mandibles that are more made for like digging into the ground where she'll lay her eggs. But we'll talk more about that later. Going back to the group itself, though. So the Lucanidae is the family that contains the stag beetles, and there are over 1,200 species around the world. 
Of course, most are in the tropics, specifically Southeast Asia, but you can find them really even here. I think there's a species in Alberta, or at least there's Canadian species. There's a European species that's one of the more commonly spoken about, and you see a lot of photos of it, and we'll talk a bit about it today. And there's even like, I think there's a species on Iceland, like they're really widespread, which is cool because you think of they look like such tropical beetles. They're also sexually dimorphic, which means that they look pretty different. As I said before, the females will have smaller mandibles than the males, but also they usually have different coloring as well. So the males will often have bright iridescent colors. The females might be a little bit more dull in color. But overall, the color of these beetles is one of the things that makes them so popular as both pets and also part of the bug trade. Like, you know, when you have a box filled with like beautiful pinned bugs, there's often stag beetles in there. Many species are really colorful and iridescent. Some of them will have more of a matte color, like some are sort of a matte orange or matte yellow contrasted with like black mandibles. They're really beautiful. Many species are also dark brownish reds, which is the color of the European stag beetle, while others can even be this shimmering gold. So in the game, there's a gold stag beetle you can find, and that is reminiscent of a real world species that looks absolutely incredible. Even within one species, there can be a whole range of colors and patterns, and this is called polymorphy. So one species could have like reds and browns, and then another might be more like green and purple. So I think that's pretty cool. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I I feel like these are usually what I'm thinking of when I think of those like really impressive pinned beetles and collections, like you said. Yeah, they always look really beautiful in collections. And there's even ones at the University of Alberta Strickland Entomological Museum. They have these quite small, like maybe about half an inch long stag beetles that they're mostly black. But then if you look really close right along the edges, they have this almost rainbow iridescent coloring right along the edges of their elytra of their back and it just looks like this incredible frame it looks like someone painted them with like rainbow colors it's so cool wow that's amazing and going back to the mandibles what is their purpose especially for the males if if they aren't even good at actually pinching things (laughs) yeah Um, In some cases, it is used for scraping the bark off trees to drink the sap. So adults will, they're a really big fan of that sugary sweet tree sap. But of course, they'll also use their mandibles for competing with other males for mates. Often these standoffs will happen on branches or leaves or the trunks of trees. These are very, as we say, arboreal animals. So they spend a lot of time on their trees In the case of the European stag beetle, when I was reading a description of their fights, they would sort of gather around a little sap. They called it like a sap drip, but I like to imagine like a cascading, dramatic, like Black Panther waterfall, and they're all like ready to fight. And basically they have to fight for access to the local females until one falls off the plant or is scared off. And fights aren't actually that long. Like they'll basically use their mandibles to grab each other and sort of just try and wrestle each other off of the bark. So they'll do that for only about a minute. And even if a beetle like falls off the tree, 
and they can fall like really high. They're extremely tough. And so usually these fights aren't fatal. They usually don't get injured either. Okay. Yeah. I definitely thought the the males had a kind of competition vibe going on with those big mandibles. Yeah. Especially because it doesn't look very ergonomic to move around. <laughs> like it looks like yeah. it would definitely be something that would be an evolutionary disadvantage. There's a lot of studies out there that look at how it affects their maneuverability, but it actually seems like because they're able to tilt their body up a certain way and their legs have elongated near the front and help them counterbalance the weight of their mandibles, it doesn't seem like a huge negative impact on their lives, but it definitely has some impact. For sure. And what about their life cycles? Could you talk a bit about that? So once the stag beetles have mated, the female will go off and she will use her mandibles to either chew these sort of secret tunnels through wood and rotting wood to lay and hide her eggs in. She may also dig underground and that may be the other place where she lays her eggs. So once the eggs are laid and they hatch, the larvae that come out will look very grubby and usually white, kind of like just extra chunky caterpillars. And these larvae will go through three instars, which are basically different molts or stages of a larva. Once they've gone through those instars, it's time to pupate. But before they pupate, I do want to mention that something really neat I learned about these larvae is that they have an incredible ability to make sound by rubbing these comb-like legs together and creating a vibration. This sort of rubbing to create a sound is called stridulation in animals, and lots of insects and other animals will do it, including my study species for my master's, Corixids, the water boatman. But stridulation is somewhat unique for larval beetles to do, and it's surprising to see that they're able to do this considering that they don't have any hearing organs. So the thought is that the vibrations they're producing while underground somehow help them communicate with other stag beetle larvae. So it might be to help them define territories or maybe even sort of hold together and like stand their ground, just sort of they stay together. And that is a good adaptation to ensure that they survive. Like if a predator comes, they can sort of satiate the predator and some will survive. So these are a couple ideas as to why they do it. According to Dr. Eva Sprecher Ubersachs, who studied these larvae, she says, quote, once an aggressive larva got too close to one inside its pupil chamber, the victim not only stridulated but headbutted as well to signal its presence. And it worked, end quote. So it seems that they definitely are communicating with each other in some capacity. Yeah, that's super interesting. I've definitely heard you talk about stridulation before with other insects, but imagining larvae that look like caterpillars doing it is very weird and interesting. Yeah, and it reminds me a lot of BBC Earth documentaries or really any nature documentary where they have bugs and they add all these like weird sounds and sound effects that don't really, like bugs don't usually sound like anything. For instance, like I was watching this awesome stag beetle video and it was making so many clicking sounds and I wasn't sure if they were trying to like make clicking sounds as though its feet were like walking on the bark. It kind of sounded like it was more like talking to the other beetle. And I was like, that's 
that's not quite right. <laughs> I don't think at least I, you know, my little spidey senses are tingling about that particular thing. But you know, if they put that sound with a larva, then sure, why not? So after this larval stage, they'll go into the pupal state, which is basically when they create this cocoon around them under the ground. And that is where they develop into a adult beetle. Once they're at their, this state, though, they usually don't live that long. Like the entire lifespan for stag beetles really no longer than a year. So they are not very long lived creatures, but the larval state will be much longer than the adult state. Oh, interesting. They're so kind of big looking that I imagined they would live longer for some reason. Yeah, I guess it's deceiving that way. It seems like a lot of effort for like such a big bug that doesn't live very long. And what do stag beetles eat? The larvae of stag beetles are decomposers. So they tend to be found underground, usually in root systems of trees or under or within rotting logs. As I said before, the adults love the sweet sap from trees. They'll use these feather-like mouthparts that work using capillary action to suck up sap. And this capillary action is actually very similar to what tree roots do. So they've got these like weird tree rooty straws to suck up their sap. And generally, though, they're living off the fat reserves that were deposited in their body during their larval stage. So the sap is more of a supplement to all of the energy resources that they got while they were larvae. And you mentioned their elytra before. Can stag beetles fly like other beetles? Yeah. I mean, it looks completely impossible that they could fly, especially the ones that have the really, really long mandibles. But they are able to, the males, and really the females as well, but it's most obvious with the males, they will fly at this sharp, upright angle with their body pointed up, kind of like they've got this little beetle jetpack. Like they're just sort of zooming up and... They'll tilt forward a little bit, but it looks really like adorable, but also kind of freaky. Like, I think if I saw one flying, I wouldn't immediately recognize it as a beetle. It is very weird to picture a beetle flying kind of vertically. I guess a lot of them do that, like June bugs. I remember when I was working at night, like the June bugs would always be attracted to our nightlight, like our, our headlamp, and they flew upright. So I guess a lot of beetles do that. We just often don't see beetles flying or pay much attention to it. It's just we're so used to seeing things like flies and bees, which fly at a horizontal angle. And really, like most things fly that way. Well, and how are they doing in the wild? I guess maybe it's hard to generalize because there are so many species, but are they doing okay conservation-wise? Yeah, it seems like the one that gets talked about the most in conservation is the European stag beetle, which is near-threatened according to the IUCN. So it's got different conservation statuses around Europe and the UK, but it seems like overall it's doing okay in some places, but it is actually extinct in parts of its range as well. And the reason for this is that this beetle is losing a lot of habitat. You know, there's not a lot of continuous forest in Europe and this beetle is not a very strong disperser. So it can't really fly large distances to repopulate isolated fragments of forest. So that's been a big problem. There's also just a lot more, it seems like predation might actually be impacting their population. So there's things like wild boar that will eat the larva as well as many other um, mammals and birds. But I thought it was kind of cool that they mentioned wild boar as being a bit of a problem. 
And there may also be issues with people collecting these beetles from the wild as part of their collections or to sell as pets. So there is definitely a market out there. I know one of my volunteers actually, he just got a very fancy stag beetle and he's really excited about it and it it was not cheap. So not to say that he got one that was like endangered or anything, but like there is a very strong market. Oh, wow. There's also a lot of really cool stag beetles that I sort of wanted to highlight before we end this episode. I really do think this is one of those creatures that we cover where there is definitely cool stuff about them, but I think a lot of their value to us or something that might make them appealing to our listeners is largely just their appearance. Like they're so big, they're very flashy and Even if you look at them under a microscope, all of their body parts are so exaggerated that they're really fun to look at. So I do encourage you to sort of look at photos or watch videos of them because they're kind of like these little robots. And I know I say that a lot about bugs, but I feel especially strongly that stag beetles are sort of this crossover of something kind of mammalian because sometimes they look a little bit hairy around their mouth parts and then something very mechanical. It's it's super cool. Uh, one of my favorite stag beetles is the rainbow stag beetle. As its name suggests, they are mostly a sort of lime green iridescent color. But because they're so iridescent, they will look sort of red or gold, sometimes even purple in certain lighting. And oh, they're just so stunning. There's also the Chilean stag beetle, which I don't even know. Like, I don't know if I would recognize this as a stag beetle because it is so huge. Like, it is over half of the male's body length are those huge prong-like mandibles. And they're just really, really thick. Like, they look like tree branches. I really recommend you search this beetle up because it is very bizarre. And funnily enough, it's also sometimes called Darwin's stag beetle. So if you search it up, you'll also find it under Darwin's stag beetle. And then the largest stag beetle is the giraffe stag beetle, which can be found in the Philippines. And it sits at a whopping 12.5 centimeters or nearly five inches. So this is a species you can find in Animal Crossing. It's black. It's very pretty. But yeah, its most impressive aspect about it is its massive size. I cannot imagine finding a beetle this big. I think I would like black out. I'd be so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why it's called. I guess it's just because it's big that it's called the giraffe stag beetle. Because I sort of imagined that it would be like yellow and orange or something. Oh, (laughs) Well, they were probably like, okay, elephant beetle is taken, rhinoceros beetle is taken. What large African megafauna can we (laughs) name this thing? So that would be my thinking. But I agree because there's, I feel like there's stag beetles that have a much more giraffe-like coloration than this one. Yeah. The last thing I want to say is... I need everyone to, like, once you're done this episode, go to YouTube and search Stag Beetle Throws Girlfriend Out of Tree. It's such an excellent video. (laughs) I mean, I think the title says it all, but, like, it's great. Everyone should see it. It's such a bizarre-looking bug and entertaining through and through. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Olivia. I always love when we do beetles, and I feel like this is a long-anticipated one, so I'm glad we got to it. Yeah. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Blathers and on TikTok at Beyond underscore Blathers. And don't forget to take a look at our shop at Etsy.com slash shop slash Beyond Blathers.
Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!